Hello and welcome to the Wingnet Travel Podcast with me, James Hammond. Personally, I have been to 50 countries. I've met so many people in my travels that I want to bring on this podcast and get their story on record. I have plenty of tips and stories to share with you as well. Are you a backpacker or a traveller or gap year student or simply someone who loves to travel? Then this is the podcast for you. Throughout the weeks and months, you'll get many guests and solo episodes where I try to cover all range of subjects within travel. This is a casual and informative travel podcast to inspire you to travel in the future. Hope you enjoy the podcast. Thanks for listening and supporting this. And I'll see you soon. Cheers, James. Hello and welcome to the Winging It Travel podcast, episode 36, travelling with Lee Huffman from the We Travel There podcast. Lee discusses his podcast from this year in terms of what he has learnt, the cities that he's learnt about, and also the premise of the podcast itself. Lee also discusses stuff like how to use points to gain flights, also his other blogging site, theballthoughts.com, and also some other stuff that we've talked about in terms of weather, the USA, and international travel. It's a great episode, a lot of content, a lot of information, and I really hope you enjoyed this episode. Also, thanks for listening in December. It's been a bumper month. I appreciate the support and the downloads, and keep tuning in. We've got some great guests coming up in January. Thanks for your support. Happy 2021. Happy New Year, and I'll catch you in 2022. Cheers. Let's get into the episode. And today we are joined by Lee Huffman from the We Travel There podcast. Lee's podcast concentrates on guests coming on the show to talk about one particular place of their choosing. And today I want to get Lee's words on the podcast and also his journey and what he has learned on this experience. Lee, welcome. How are you doing? It's a pleasure to be here. I'm doing great. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. Thanks. Not too bad. Where are you based at the minute? Where, where uh, now? Right now I'm in, I'm in Nashville. I've been here about three and a half years. Um, grew up in Southern California, you know, had a career, did everything there. And then uh, it was time to leave my job. And so I decided, you know, instead of trying to find another corporate finance job and having to work long hours and long commutes and everything else, uh, let's figure out another place we can find that's uh, lower cost living, but still has like a cool vibe to it and mm-hmm. good community and, and a strong economy. And Nashville was the place we found. You see a lot of these stories, don't you, about uh, corporate jobs where they have like a shelf life in terms of years and then the person just gets to the point it's like right either yeah like you say there's a choice you stay in that industry but a lot of people break away and do maybe their own thing do you think that's because if it's fair to say you've probably done okay in those jobs in terms of like money and the lifestyle that you can afford to maybe take that chance yeah I mean I think there was a combination of one just being naturally frugal yeah <laughs> you know so I, I always find ways to save money like you know we're going to talk about using miles and points and, and things like that when I travel um, that coupled with, I did make really good money, uh, working at the bank. Uh, I think when I left, I was between salary and bonus, I was making about 200,000 a year. And yeah. so it's really good money. Uh, but Southern California is also really expensive. You know, we were, we were, we were spending easily 3000 a month just for our, our kids, for them to go to private school and daycare. So, uh, wow. you know, 200,000 goes pretty quickly <laughs> when you start adding <laughs> up all those expenses and, Obviously, Southern California is a really expensive housing market and everything yeah. else. Uh, and California has high taxes. So uh, the bank account dwindles pretty quickly when you add up all that. I know what you mean. So I've been here in Canada now three years, coming up three years. I worked in my previous company who had um, US employees. And it was a bit of an eye-opener for me. I had no idea that all the states have different tax laws, different mm-hmm. um, types of income, but also the deductions from the income, social stuff. So like your medical or social policies that will help so 
for listeners, for example, I learned I learned that if you want to live in uh, something like California, it'd be good because you're probably going to be uh, protected. So that's going to be like employment insurance. You're going to get healthcare. Mm-hmm. It's going to be higher taxes, um, but there's a higher income there as well. But you know, if you don't care about any of that and you just want to earn as much money and not pay as much out, I guess somewhere like Florida or, te- or Texas might be a go-to because low tax rates, um, or if any at all, apart from the federal tax. So it's quite interesting for me to learn all those different states and (laughs) all these different rules. It's a nightmare, really. (laughs) Oh, for sure. Yeah, actually, in California, I think the the tax rate was anywhere between like 6 to 10% on the high end for uh, like on the personal side. That's on top of the federal taxes that you're paying. Yes. Uh, And then here in Nashville, Tennessee, there's actually zero personal income tax. So yes, it was, a, it was yeah. a huge like raise, so to speak that way. But, uh, you know, I left the corporate world and started working for myself. Uh, but the other thing that also really helped is we bought our house in March of 2010. So it's pretty much near the bottom of the housing market uh, after the great financial crisis. Mm-hmm. And by the time we sold it, you know, what, uh, eight years later or so, uh, it had gone up probably 50% in value. Yeah. That's a good time in that, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I think um, just for Europe viewers, um, all listeners should say as well, and viewers on YouTube, um, there is in US and Canada, there is a federal tax and a state tax. So you get taxed twice. Um, and in the US, they obviously have different types of tax in terms of their state tax. And like Lisa's in Nashville, there's no state tax. So he'll get taxed federally, but they're not, there's some on the top. But something like California or New York State will have an extra chunk of tax probably on top of your normal first tax, which is federal. Bit of a weird system. UK is just one tax, nothing else. <laughs> yeah. It's a tax rate. There's no extras, no, nothing below. It's just, you know what threshold it is, how much you earn, and sure. tax comes off. It's pretty simple as that. And I guess it's the same throughout Europe as well, I'd imagine. But yeah, so you moved to Nashville. Um, how do you combine the uh, the places in terms of to live? Like, Is it similar or is it very different? Well, like the weather is drastically different, right? Yeah. Uh, in California, the weather is is pretty good year round. It's pretty temperate. Uh, it doesn't snow in Southern California for the most part, except for like out, up in the mountains. Mm-hmm. And last year we had snow and the, the whole town shut down for basically a week um, you know, here in Nashville. So uh, very different that way. We also have tornadoes here, uh, actually literally on Friday night, two days yeah. ago. Um, you know, there was a tornado here and we were huddled up in our bathroom at three o'clock in the morning. Uh, it was like, wow. the, I got woken up by the, by the tornado sirens. So that was a little scary, but um, in California, there's earthquakes and there is no mm-hmm. warning at all for those. I mean, it's just, it just yeah. happens and you maybe get a 30 second warning. Whereas here the, you know, the meteorologists and, and the, the weather people, they're able to kind of predict when like the high probability of a, of a tornado is going to happen. Do you have like a underground shower for tornadoes? Uh, some people in, in Tennessee do, but yeah. for us, like where we are in, in the, the middle Tennessee, there's a lot of granite underground. Okay. And so like literally mm. as, they're, as they're trying to build houses around here, every day around three o'clock, there's dynamite blowing up, you know, as they're trying to loosen up the rocks. Yeah. So that's okay. not an option. Like if there's a tornado, basically what you want to do is get away from the exterior walls of the house. So you go, you go to a room that's the most innermost, that does not have windows. And for us, that's basically the toilet room in our bathroom. Right. Got it. Yeah. That'd be very new to some listeners like tornadoes. They, yeah. But this one was big on Friday, right? We'll, yeah. It the was, news and a lot of people it died. It was really right? devastating for, uh, for Kentucky. I mean, there were, there were some deaths here in Tennessee, but in, in Kentucky, I mean, it's, there's, I think they think there's about a hundred people 
probably. Mm. And like some towns literally devastated. Like just if you see the photos, look up uh, Mayfield, Kentucky, and the almost the entire town is just gone now. It's just tornado is a, is a unique one because we don't really ever experience that ever at home. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to imagine what they're like. Like earthquakes are a bit more relatable somewhere. Like you can get tremors sometimes and you can kind of understand that oh, that's probably like a bigger tremor, right? And it shakes left and right. The tornado, I'm like, oh, you'll be fine. But these these things are massive, aren't they? Like they just oh, yeah. tear through any town or city this way. From what, from what I heard, that one was about, uh, it st- stayed on the ground for about 200 miles, cutting <laughs> through multiple states. And it was like a, like the width of, I don't, I don't know, it was like a half mile wider or, or yeah. a, like a fo- at least a football field width, uh, you know? And so it's just this huge swarm of wind coming at you. And there's really not much you can, there's not really much you can do to, to kind of protect yourself other than just huddle up and hope, hope for the best. Like we that. actually had, cool. we actually had a, a, a tornado came by here. Uh, it was March of 2020. So right before COVID, um, and I had never experienced a tornado before. So I was mm-hmm. a little, I didn't really know what to do. And yeah. it, ha- <laughs> it happened again, like about one o'clock in the morning. And this one actually came within a couple miles of our house. And it was on the ground for 50 miles from the, the west side of Nashville to the east side. So, so if, so let's say you're huddled up in your bathroom. And it's, if that is aiming for your house, have you got a chance? Or is that almost game over? Like, there's obviously a reason you're in your bathroom because yeah. of, safety reasons but if if that tornado is going over your street or house have you got a chance or is it sort of lapping the cards yeah, really I mean, you have you have somewhat of a chance right because yeah. you know that if you look at some of the photos you'll see that like the roofs are blown off of some of these buildings mm. or sometimes the exterior walls collapse in and those types of things um and so that's why you want to be away from the exterior so that way you're kind of blunted yeah. blunting those winds and the and not being affected by it um and so that's really kind of what you do. Um, and I guess it, it kind of creates like a pocket, kind of like the, you know, when uh, 9-11 happened and yeah. all the buildings collapsed yes. and you found these little pockets and that's where people had to be, happened to be huddled. Yeah. And that's where they were able to, to survive. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, yeah. I just can't imagine it. Just cannot imagine it. I mean, Vancouver, w- w- they always talk about earthquakes, like, oh, the, you know, the big ones coming, whatever that means, you know, like the, <laughs> they've been saying it for decades you know like but they can't predict yeah. it like you say you, you yeah. just don't know it can happen tonight um don't attempt fate there but yeah it, yeah. it can happen we'll knock on some wood yeah <laughs> i'm gonna knock on some wood right now for you yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, unfortunately i'm in the apartment building so that's not great for for, yeah. uh, for an earthquake <laughs> but I did, I did experience an earthquake in new zealand a few times so um yeah it's a, it's a really weird feeling i don't know if you have it as well in california but you just oh yeah no you can't do anything can you it just shakes You're like ah oh, yeah, is, I mean, is it like, me? Is it a dream? No, the building is actually shaking. <laughs> <laughs> depends on how depends on how much it shakes, right? Like, uh, growing up, we did drills where you know you're in school and you go, you huddle under the desk and you yeah. get on all fours and then you protect the back of your neck, that, those type of things. Or you in your house, they instruct you to stand in a doorway and basically kind of like a starfish, you stick yeah. your your arms and legs out and then kind of hold the door frame. Uh, that's a good place to be for for an earthquake. Uh, but I mean. I'll say this, like I got lazy, you know, as, as I've experienced numerous earthquakes in my life, you kind of wake up. Oh, it's kind of shaking. All right. It's, it's not that bad. Okay. I'll just go back to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> you don't do that with a tornado. No, no, absolutely yeah. not. No. 
Um, yeah, okay. Yeah, a bit of impromptu conversation about weather there, but um, I quite enjoyed that. Yeah. Um, let's uh, kind of go into your podcast. Um, it's mm-hmm. called We Travel Their Podcast. Give us an idea just what the premise is. And um, I'll, I've been a guest, like just only a few days ago, it's not released yet. Um, it'll be released yeah. next year, but um, give the listeners an idea of what you are basing your podcast on and what, what listeners can expect to hear. Sure. So, uh, the way I look at it is that my wife and I, we've been traveling for, for many years and I'm like that annoying person where I, I bug the locals. So if I'm sitting down at the bar, at the bar or on the bus or, or whatever, and it's like, Hey, so what do you suggest we do while we're here? Or what's a good place to eat? And like, you know, is there any way I can like save money and stuff like that? And sometimes they'll tell you, Oh, like you're in like New York. Oh, go see the Statue of Liberty. Okay. Yeah. Thanks. I, I, I saw that on Google, yeah. you know, or whatever. Uh, like where, what do like the locals do? What do the locals recommend for like places to eat? So that way it's a little bit more like that, that local culture. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, and plus, you know, a lot of times like the, uh, the, the popular places are, they kind of cut corners or they get really expensive or whatever versus more like the, the small mom and pops, like the places that like the locals go to, they have like oftentimes the best food and the best prices and, and the biggest portions and everything like that. And so that's really what I, what I set out with the podcast is that a lot of people aren't extroverted like me, you know, they're, they're mm-hmm. a little timid or a little shy yeah. to ask, yeah. or they don't want to bother anybody. And so this way it's a way for them to, to kind of listen into that conversation of, of somebody that's a little bit more outgoing, like I am uh, to asking somebody who's a local expert on that city uh, to find out the best things to do, uh, where to stay, how to get around, uh, places to eat, you know, uh, ways to save money, you know, those types of things. And uh, it's just a wonderful conversation. The good thing is it's, it's only half an hour. And so it goes by really quickly. And, uh, but it's, it's really cool. I've, I've interviewed a lot of cities that are, are bigger, you know, like, like New York or Dallas or LA mm-hmm. or, you know, big cities like that. But I've also interviewed a lot of smaller cities too. Like for example, in, in Tokyo, I have an episode on Tokyo, but there's a, there's a city called Kamakura that's about an hour south. You just hop on the train and, and you'll be there mm-hmm. in an hour. Whereas most people wouldn't necessarily fly to, to Japan just to go see uh, just go see Kamakura. But while they're there in Tokyo, they're like, hey, you know what? Maybe I'm going to take a day uh, to do a little diversion and go, go down and check out Kamakura because I've heard great things about it on the podcast. And so that's really what the podcast does is it provides an opportunity to learn uh, like deeper knowledge of cities that you already know and already want to travel to and also learn about cities that maybe you never heard of. Like when I interviewed you about Norwich, yeah. I never heard of Norwich, you know? Uh, and so uh, it gives people to an opportunity to learn about these cities to go, Hey, while I'm already in that part of the, of the world, I'm going to go venture out and I go to explore something that I may have not otherwise done. Yeah. It's a, it's a great idea. I think I said to you on the recording the other day that I just love it. So it's so simple. The idea someone comes in and, and they're almost like an expert of their place of choosing. Right. So mm-hmm. they can talk about it until the cows come home in terms of like where to go, best places to go off the beaten track. If you like of that city, like Japan's for a sure. great, is a great example because we went to Japan for four weeks, but if you actually analyze what we did, it is all the main cities like Hiroshima and Nagasaki and Tokyo and Kyoto, but they are obviously worth seeing, but mm-hmm. do you ever get guests who let's say Tokyo or LA or, New York do they go even more like specific because that is a big big place isn't it so like do you have a guest that comes on to like New York maybe about Brooklyn as an area is that what happens because it's too big to kind of get in half an hour isn't it it's I have some I have some guests that are like the big broad more broad conversations about the city but then also have some sometimes dip deeper into like those neighborhoods like for example uh this guy Michael W uh we did a, a, a pizza tour of 
of Brooklyn, right? We talked about nice. it because I'm, I'm all about pizza. You are, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but then uh, Leslie Tain was a, a guest that talked about just kind of like New York in general, right? Right, okay. Uh, I had another one that was like uh, Danny uh, Jensen talked about LA. And then I have other like other microcosms within LA of other little cities that are, that are that you may want to visit when you're there. Mm. Yeah, because you can get really like finite, can't you? Right down to the money mm-hmm. detail. Um, something like Norwich is going to be it's about Norwich. Like, it's, it's, you can't go any finer because it's quite a small place. Sure. Um, so you must have learned a lot about even the smaller places that you've never heard of. Like, oh, it, absolutely. What's the what's the most like you think? Not obscure, but place we thought I I have no idea even where that is. I think I mean I, I, just because I travel right, and yeah. I, I I travel a lot, and I write about travel as a mm. profession now, and everything like that. So a lot of places I've already kind of heard about, yeah. it, but it's it's the interesting aspects of, of those cities that I, that I really learned about. Like mm-hmm. I, there's uh, now I really want to go to Poland. I want to take my kids there because okay. one of my one of my buddies he came on the show and was talking about uh, Gdansk and Wroclaw and Krakow. Yeah, and I, off the top of my head, I can't remember which of those three cities, but one of them has these little gnome statues. There's like a hundred of them spread throughout the city. And each one of them is decorated a little bit differently and they have their own little story and stuff like that. And my kids are six and 10 right now. And they would probably absolutely love yeah. going like on a little gnome, like ex- excavation tour and just running around, like trying to find as many of those gnomes as we could, you know, once <laughs> they start being teenagers, they'll yeah. be like, dad, that's a little corny. You know, I don't want to do that and everything else. But while they're six and 10, I think they would absolutely love it. Yeah, you you would love Poland. I've been to Krakow and Poznan is a is a place that not many, not many people go to. It's on the west side okay. of Poland. Uh-huh. Um, but Krakow's a, a popular place because it's right bang in the middle of Europe, like in terms of so we drove from London to Ukraine, which is probably about four days in total. Went to eastern okay. Ukraine. Um it's about 2012. But yeah, our stop off was Krakow because it's like great location stop off. It's it's quite cheap. It's got the classic European um, city centre vibe of the cafes and the cobbled streets and yeah. the drinking's quite sensible um, and it's a decent nightlife there. So when they're teenagers, you might want to take them to crack off again. But um, yeah, that's a, that's a great, like in terms of you learning about these places, you must have an astronomical list of like, <laughs> right, I've got to go there, I've got to go there. Like your list must be huge, right? Oh yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, even before I started the podcast, I already had a, a long list of places I really wanted to go to. You know, but now that I've been learning about so many different cities and learning about different regions of the world, you know, my my list is it's constantly changing and evolving. Um, like, like, for example, if I, next time I go out to, to London, um, I'm going to try to extend my trip because I was just there in August and I was only there for 24 hours. Uh, just okay. basically yeah. trying to do like the new JetBlue flight between uh, New York and London. Just wanted to experience that. Oh, OK. But, yeah. um, but next time I go, I want to go do that but then i've also uh i did an interview about brighton yes i did uh you know your Must interview see. with norwich uh and yeah. be doing another interview next year in, about winchester oh uh, nice yeah winchester, i did one yeah. uh recently about the isles of silly yes i listened you know? to that today yeah and so it's like yeah. now that i'm there like before the podcast i may have just stayed in london and just kind of experienced that mm-hmm. Uh, but now when I go again, I want to be able to kind of branch out and explore more of the country. And, and personally, London's, I think, nice, it's, but it, to me, it's, it's too much like New York. It's just yeah. hustle and bustle, very busy, yes. you know, kind of expensive and stuff like that. I'd rather go out and be kind of more with the people, yeah. you know, like the ordinary people uh, versus all the tourism anyways. 
And so mm -hmm. I, I'd want to kind of branch out anyways and explore those other areas. Yes, because I, I was going to mention the Isla City one today because I listened to that because that's on our list. And after we left UK, knew nothing about it. Yeah. Since then, kind of, the, oh, God, this is like the, the Caribbean of UK. Like It's got great beaches. It's quite yeah. far out. And I listened mm -hmm. to your podcast then. I was like, well, I learned that you have to book in advance. <laughs> yes. So I'm now like, oh, crap. Like if we go next June or July, we've got to book it now. So I'm like <laughs> frantically looking at places now, like maybe for next summer. And I just had no idea about the place. I, I, I knew some basic stuff, but I learned as much as you on that podcast episode. So that's why your idea is great, because anyone can jump on and maybe search for a city. Like you've got mm -hmm. 100 and around 180 plus episodes at the minute. Yeah. And yeah. I guess they're all different cities. You might have a few that are the same, like New York or the, or the big cities, but yeah, there are there are a handful of like multiple. And actually, the, like on purpose, I designed the podcast where it can have multiple guests about the same city. Because, like for example, I did. Yeah, good point. Uh, I've done. I've now done three episodes on Austin, Texas. Oh, right? so it's, nice. a, it's a popular yeah. city here in the, in the U.S. Yeah, great music, great food, just kind of a really cool vibe. It's also becoming like a bit really big uh, tech hub, uh, you know, yeah. over there. And so um, the first one I did was this guy who was about 35, single, you know, like really kind of hip uh, person. So he has his perspective on things. Mm -hmm. And then the next time I did an episode, it was this like 60 something year old, like housewife, <laughs> uh, you know? And so she, like the, there was a little bit of overlap, but for the most part, it was completely different, you mm -hmm. know? Uh, and then, then the other one I did uh, most recently, it was this guy, Evan, who actually lives in New York now, and he grew up in, in Austin. And so he's kind of got like a little bit more of the old school vibe as far as his tips for the city. So even though it's three different people talking about the same city, there's very little overlap. And that's really what I, what I appreciate about it. Yeah. I, I don't think you're ever going to run out of content <laughs> because... Yeah. You, you know, very rarely you'll get some, some probably say the same restaurant in, in Austin, for example, but they're going to have all the different aspects of that place. Sure. And then, yeah, Austin. Yeah, it's, it's, kind of as well, it, yeah. it's kind of funny. Sometimes people reach out to me, like they're, they're starting a new platform or they have a, a book about a different city or whatever. Yeah. And they're like, Hey, are you interested in the city? And like, before they get a chance to finish the sentence, I'm like, yes, yeah. <laughs> like literally I want like almost every city, you know, on earth, you know, and so that way, if somebody's looking for something to go to do in that city, whether they're traveling there, maybe like they're going to visit relatives and they're kind of bored hanging out with mom and dad or, or aunt <laughs> and uncle or whatever, they want to get out of the house and, and go yeah. have a little bit of fun or go try some new food, then this is a good opportunity for them to be able to learn about that. And so um, I actually just spent a couple hours the other day, like updating my map. And so if you go to we travel there.com forward slash map, it's actually an updated uh, listing of, of every episode that we, we've released, some that I've already recorded and some that I have scheduled. And so um, that's where I, I constantly have, uh, you know, the listing of, of all the different episodes. And I'm always looking for new guests, you know, and, and I, one of the things I really like about the, the, the platform is that it's not just travel people that I'm interviewing for the podcast. Mm, yeah. You know, it's, it's everyday average people, you know, yeah. it's people of different industries. You know, uh, you don't have to be a travel personality to have like, good opinions on what to do in the city, mm -hmm, you know? Absolutely. And so, yeah. so that's one of the things I really like about it. Plus just for me, from a, a marketing perspective, if I'm only focusing on people that are in the travel world, our, our circles of, of influence kind of overlap quite a bit. Right. Yeah. Whereas if I'm interviewing different people like, like you, or the, the example that I, I use a lot is this guy from Cairns, Australia, 
Ken's and, great place. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, and so I have him and he's a podiatrist uh, by, by trade. And then yeah. now he uh, does like managing management consulting for podiatry practices to help them like increase the profitability. I would like his, his audience and mine would almost zero overlap. Yes. And so anytime he shares my episode with his people, then I'm, I have a fresh perspective and, and fresh audience uh, listening to the episode. Yeah, that's a great point. I was going to mention your website with that map because uh, that would be probably my go-to if you, if you want to check Lee's um, podcast out in terms of where he's uh, talked about. Definitely go onto his website and check out the map and that'll give you a bit, bit of a better sense. And also, if you're from a place that he has uh, not had, I guess they can get in contact with you. Like I just literally messaged you on Instagram, um, mm-hmm. I think a private message, and you said, yeah, come on. So it's as simple as that for you. And, and is there any other preferred contact or is it just any social media or for, or for your website? Uh, well, the, through the website is a little bit easier because like when we talked, I just, I, I eventually directed you to that map, I mean, to that website to, to fill in. So it's, we travel there.com forward slash guest. And okay. there you can submit your information and uh, we'll definitely get a, a chance to talk about it. And we'd love to be able to hear from your audience as far as what the, what's the best things to do in their city. It's, it's interesting because I can see my audience in terms of the cities and the countries that listen, right? Same as you, you probably have a, whatever platform you use, um, a way to check who's listening in. And I know that there's, there's going to be some here that probably don't have a city on your map that's been talked about. So they can easily get in contact if they want to and uh, talk about their place of, uh, of choice. Is there For any sure. places that you are thinking that is on your hit list that you want people to come on and talk about? Have you noticed any, I don't know, like American cities or anywhere else that you think, oh, I just need someone to come on and talk about that place? Um, well, ironically, it- we were talking about London a couple yeah. times here. Uh, I don't have anybody for London, for example. You know, oh, wow. I, I've, wow. Done, I've done all these yeah. other cities in, in the UK, yeah. but I have not Norwich, done. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, I actually have somebody coming for, for Dublin uh, coming up soon. Mm-hmm. Uh, and But one of my buddies was going to do it for, for London and he had a baby and this, that or whatever and just never got around to it. So I, basically, I, I kind of go through waves where Sometimes I have a lot of people signed up. Like right now, I, I think I have every episode recorded or either scheduled mm. to, to record all the way through the end of, of March. So I have wow. like almost four, almost four months of, of content right now. Um, and so sometimes that'll get me lazy where I don't, re- <laughs> yeah. I, I don't do enough outreach and like try to keep that pipeline going, you know? Um, and then what happens is every six months or so, I'll follow up on people who've expressed interest before and say, hey, I know we talked about it. You know, obviously COVID has been an issue for the last couple of years. Mm. And so a lot of people are, are hesitant to talk about things because some of the businesses that are their favorite are closed or yeah, yeah, course. having yeah. problems or whatever. And so that's completely understandable, you know? Um, and so I just reach out every six months or so, kind of like a little drip campaign and say, Hey, we talked before, are you interested in coming back? Is now a good time? You know, and eventually some of them will come around mm. uh, and eventually some of them I'll just have to just call the herd and, and remove them from the list. Cause if I've been talking to them for four years and you know, they, they, they never make time, then obviously it's not that big of a priority for them. Yeah. I get that. Um, London's interesting there cause it's huge. Um, mm-hmm. There'll be people who come on who could probably talk about West London and only, right. Which is still a big place. It's not like, a, mm-hmm. you're not gonna be short content there. So yeah, if any yeah. listeners are from London, it's quite rare. To, it's not rare. London's full of people, eight, eight million people, but meeting someone from proper London, it's a little bit, it's not as wide range as you think because okay. you all live in the suburbs, right? So 
that kind of cuts out the middle part of London, which is quite big. So, yeah. and a lot of people move out of London for various reasons. But um, yeah, hopefully someone can get in contact and get London on the map. It's crazy because yeah. loads, loads to talk about. Well, it was interesting. I, um, I at one point I had somebody who was interested in, in talking about Bath. And oh yeah, it's a great place. Yes, it's actually yeah. a city that I visited. Um, I actually went to the the Dolphins Jets game at Wembley Stadium probably seven or eight years ago. Yeah, and we did a tour out to uh, you know Stonehenge, and we stopped yeah. in Bath on the way back. And I thought it was a really fascinating city and mm. uh, everything. And so I was really excited when when she reached out to me. But when I sent her the questions, uh, I think it may have scared her. <laughs> 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 you know, and. And then she basically just kind of de- declined. And that's, I think that's one of the things like with the podcast is that I purposely put in some hurdles yeah. because I want, I want guests that are really going to put forth the effort. I really want them to, to put on a good show for, for the listeners. Mm. And so I purposely put on some hurdles in there where it's, if you don't, if you're not going to put in a little bit of effort to answer some questions and provide some information, then obviously you're not going to put in the effort to be able to, to have a good show, you know, yeah. or, or to help me promote it to your audience, you know, mm. and, and help educate more people about the benefits of those different cities. And, um, so, um, in some ways it, it, it sucks because I think some people would be really good, at, uh, good guests, you know, and have good yeah. stories to tell, but, you know, I also don't want them to, to not, uh, to participate properly, you know? Yeah. It's quite a, it's quite a good move from you because, um, that's, it takes a bit of courage to do that because, uh, I, I guess it depends where you are in your, in your podcast journey, but, um, mine's quite a casual vibe so there isn't too much of a there's a little bit of a routine that I've got going here and I've got some questions lined up but um, it's a pretty casual vibe if I hear something that you say that I like I'll probably carry on for another few minutes mm-hmm. um, but I like yours because it's quite structured and I've, I've been weighing this up for my podcast for quite a long time now do I stick to a pretty strict structure whether that's a solo episode I do myself or guest one um, my solo episodes are quite structured but my, my guest ones are pretty loose with time and yeah. i think i'm gonna probably stick to a structure do you think people appreciate that more if you have like what day a week it is which is same for me every monday but um in terms of time do you think people appreciate time yeah for, for like mine's always comes out monday around yeah. like one o'clock here in the in the u.s yeah um and i think because i'm talking about all these different cities versus like you're having just more like a free-flowing conversation mm-hmm. because i'm talking about these different cities people want to know these same specific facts about all those different cities. Like, yeah, where, where should I stay? How do I get around? You know, uh, are there any parts of the cities that I should avoid? Mm. You know, if, if I'm talking about uh, different countries that people maybe aren't that familiar with, you know, uh, do people accept credit cards there? You know, do I need to get some, yeah. do I need to get some currency? Um, you know, do people speak English? You know, mm. those, those type of questions. Uh, and so I have a, a, a basic framework, but I, I, most of the information that, that I ask in the, in the questionnaire is more for the show notes uh, yeah. than it is for the actual conversation. Cause I allow the, when I first started, I was pretty rigid, you know, with okay. like, I got to yeah. ask all these questions. I got to <laughs> hit these time marks and everything else like that. But over the course of, like you said, 180 plus episodes, I've, I've gotten more free flowing with it. I go, you know what, if I don't get a chance to ask that, that's fine. I'll just put it in the show notes and we'll put that information in there. And it's not a problem. Yeah, that's a fair point. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I think New Year I will go a little more structured, but not too structured. No, it's, the, it's not the, yeah. the the vibe of the podcast. I want to keep it as <laughs> casual and sort of anecdotal as possible, yeah. really. And that's the kind of, kind of vibe I'm going yeah, for. And, and the thing is, you like again, like for when I first started, sometimes I would it would be a little choppy because 
I would cut off like a, a good conversation mm. because I have to ask, because I have to ask this question, yeah. you yeah. know? And I think, I think I did a little bit service at the beginning there because of that. Uh, and so now I've, like I said, I've, I've gotten more flowing. I want to ask these questions. If I don't get around to it, I don't get around to it. It's not that big of a deal. It's better to have yeah. to hear that story or to hear why this place is so good or that because, or to hear the story of that, that restaurant and that good food and everything mm. else. Can I ask, uh, so someone's giving you a recommendation for a city. Have you, I guess you must have gone to a particular place and taken up someone on those recommendations. Does anywhere mm-hmm. stick out where you went, oh, that was a great pizza, for example. Like any pizza places that you can re- remember where you got recommended to in a city and you went there and thought, yeah, that was, that was um, worth it. Oh, actually, I was, I was in Austin, for example. Yeah. And um there were there's there's a bunch of barbecue places there there and all really good and everything else like that uh but noah my first guest for um for austin he recommended cooper's barbecue mm-hmm. and i tried cooper's i tried several others i probably had four or five barbecue places in the, in the span of a few days so i was like kind of barbecued out by the end <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> by the end of my visit but it was absolutely delicious yeah. you know but uh the the one he recommended was cooper's and by far, it was the best of all, all the ones. Yeah. There is another one that's like, it's really good there. It's really well known called Franklin's mm-hmm. uh, is, is pretty amazing, but there's always a long line and you may yes. be waiting in line for an hour or two just to be able to have your meal. And, you know, most people don't like when they travel, they don't have that much free time. Like, no, no, of course not. Yeah. You know, like when I worked in the corporate world, a lot of times we would just take long weekend trips. Right. And so if I'm only there for two or three days, and I'm standing in line for two hours of that day. What else am I missing out on by standing in line for that? Yeah. I'm, I'm you know, and so by going to a place like Cooper's, there was no line, went in there and it was 90, 90 plus percent as good as Franklin's. And I probably wouldn't be able to tell the difference. Right. Mm. But I was in and out quickly and was able to, to eat everything and then kind of move on my way. Yeah. That's a good point. Like for Norwich, you're not going to have that problem queuing up. Um, it's not that popular in terms of, of tourists. This is the fact, right? But um, yeah. if I was doing one about Vancouver, I'd definitely tell you a lot of places you need to either get there early or not go in these times because you are going to queue. And sure. yeah, like you say, it's a, it's a problem in Canada. Like you can't go in a lot of places about queuing. Um, so you have to like <laughs> donate some time to that, unfortunately. But maybe that's just all big cities. I'm not really sure. But um, yeah. it's a relevant point because you don't want to waste your time just standing in the rain or waiting for something that could be good, but that's a waste of time. Well, I mean, especially if I, I have, you know, I have a kid six and 10 and I may be able to sit there and play on my phone or whatever to kind of pass the time, but those like they, their patience runs thin quickly, <laughs> Yeah, <I can> imagine. <laughs> you, know, you know, they get bored and you know, kids can be a, a handful if they get too bored and everything and like hungry. that. So you want to, <laughs> yeah. Oh, especially they get hangry, you know? Yeah. Angry, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's a, it's a fair point. Yeah. So Hopefully I'll get um, a bit of encouragement from my listeners to maybe get in contact with you and get some cities on the go. That'd be great. That'd be um, awesome. We'll come back to your podcast uh, towards the end, but I want to talk about your personal travel. Um, mm-hmm. It's weird because I do a lot of, I've done a few episodes with uh, podcast guests and we never quite get to the travel in terms of personal travel because there's so much to talk about in the podcast, but um, personally tra- like personal travel, have you been to many countries yourself um, throughout the world or what sort of like, facts can you give us about your history of travel sure so um i've tra- I, before covid i was traveling probably two or three times a month 
oh, uh, wow. different places around yeah. the U.S. as well as like sometimes internationally and everything. And that's like that's my job now. You know, I I, I get to travel places and, and write about them and and uh, encourage people to to travel and encourage them to do X, Y, or Z when they visit those cities. You know, and even now I, I travel like quite a bit uh, in the last six months. I've done a few road trips around here in the Nashville area, down up to Kentucky and down to like uh, Florida and Alabama. Mm-hmm. I've been to Cabo, uh, ba- flew back to California to go see friends, uh, Aruba with the kids before school started. Oh, Aruba, nice, yeah. Did the uh, did the London uh, flight yeah. uh, from New York, so went to New York and then went over there. Um, went to the Bahamas for uh, for fall break for the kids, mm-hmm. and then we just went. We spent Thanksgiving over in Cancun. And we're going for New Year's. We're going to Cozumel, down in oh, down in Mexico. Mexico, yeah, nice. So, so a lot of travel, uh, and then also yeah. some conferences and, and everything like that mixed in there too. So, uh, it's been a lot. Is your is your blogging um, bigger than your podcast in terms of being busy, or is it are they both quite equal? Because I know you got your website, which is obviously a blogging site as well, and you started that before the podcast mm-hmm. eight nine years ago. Is that right? Yeah, so I just had my ninth anniversary of a mm-hmm. uh, bald thought. So basically, it's a combination of my bald head and yeah. me thinking about things. So baldthoughts.com. Yeah. And that's really, uh, basically, it's it's teaching people how to use airline miles and hotel points and like showing them by example of, of what's possible when you use your miles and points to be able to travel. Because the way I look at it is uh, for the average family, being able to save up for a trip sometimes can take you know, multiple years, right? They yeah, just, they yeah. can't like, Hey, sorry, kids, we can't go on a big trip this year. It's just not in the budget. Mm-hmm. And so my goal is to be able to encourage families to use uh, miles and points to be able to earn them with like their credit cards or earn them b- based on their online shopping and, mm. and, and other activities. So that way they can use them to be able to cover some of the, the costs of the, of the trip. So that way, instead of going once every couple of years, maybe every year you can be able to travel or sometimes even more. Mm-hmm. depending upon how many miles and points you can earn based on your activities and, and uh, everything else that you're doing. Are you, are you quite, sh- not shocked. Are you surprised that um, quite a few Americans don't travel? Cause I am, um, I interviewed uh, a couple of bloggers actually from road unraveled they're called. And mm-hmm. their whole premise is to get people to take their vacation time in the U S because they're telling me that this is so many people who work and just don't even take their two, three, four weeks, whatever they get per year. And I find that crazy, but that must be even more crazy for you because you're traveling every week, <laughs> two weeks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I travel a lot. Um, even when I worked in the corporate world, I had I had four weeks vacation, yeah, and you know bank holidays and stuff like that. So altogether, I had probably over 30, 30 vacation or, or off days every yeah. year. You know, although they did give me a hard time about using all of them. Which, <laughs> yeah, that's what I know. heard. Yeah, you, you get, get, yeah, that's. <laughs> I find it it's awful. like they give you a benefit, but then you get upset if you use yeah. the benefit. So it, yeah. it was odd, but it's like, okay, whatever. Um, yeah. But I think just in America, we, we have this mentality where it's like, if you sacrifice your sleep, which I'm guilty of a lot, uh, if you sacrifice your sleep, if you sacrifice time with family, if you sacrifice everything for your job or your career, it's almost like a badge of honor, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I used to think, I used to think that way. I used to think that, you know, I want to move up. I want to be, become like a president or CEO of a big company. Yeah. Uh, when my dad passed away, that changed my mentality quite a bit. Mm. Uh, as well as also by the time I had my son and, and my daughter four years later, um, you know, it's just those, some of those things that we, I thought was important 
isn't as important. And, and now like when I made the decision of, of leaving California to come here, a lot of the decision was so that way I'd be able to spend more time with my wife and my kids and be with them, you know? Yeah. Uh, like when I, when I worked, like when I was growing up, my dad was a, a bankruptcy attorney and he worked constantly, you know? Mm-hmm. And for the longest time, I only wanted to have like a regular job because, you know, he was always gone, you know, mm-hmm. at work yeah. and everything. And so just those type of things, just kind of those seeds planted in my head where it's like, I want to be there for my kids. And like, now I do work a lot still. I think it's just probably my personality and, and everything else. And plus as a small business owner, you're, there's always like something you could be doing. Absolutely. To try to, yeah. to try to grow or something else that you need to do. But like I take my kids to school every day, you know, uh, I, I take them to sports. I take them to doctor's appointments. Uh, today when I picked them up, you know, I, I went and got them ice cream and, and stuff like that. And mm. I didn't have like a, uh, not in a care in the world because they, obviously there are, are things I need to get done and, and projects I need to turn in for clients and everything, but it's not that rush. And it's not like I have to ask somebody, Hey, is it okay if I take my kid to soccer? Yeah you know, or soccer practice, or is it okay if I go to their game, you know, and those type of things. And it's, it's very important that I'm for me, that I'm, that I'm there to support them and to show them that I'm there to support them, to give them that much more confidence in in everything that they're doing. Yeah. That is the beauty of being uh, either self-employed or your own business. Um, To quote my last guest, Rachel said that time is non-refundable. So uh, all those hours that you probably spent which obviously I'm glad you come to realize um, at the previous company was obviously probably needed at the time, but longevity in terms of your life, is it really that worth it? And I guess maybe that's one of the reasons you quit your corporate job, but um, this is why I'm trying to encourage on my podcast that travel is, I know COVID is obviously an exception here, but um, in in the normal life, in general life, you should really try and get out as much as possible um, Mm -hmm. to see the world. Because if you're, if you're living somewhere for 11 months of the year, you shouldn't really not want to use the other four weeks to maybe just stay at home. You should go out, go out there and get out of your comfort zone and go and see some place. Right. So for sure. And that, like to your original point about Americans not traveling as much, it's also a lot of them don't travel internationally. Right? Yes. Uh, yeah. A lot of them don't even have, like we already talk about people not using other vacation days. And then, uh, and then there's, of that people that travel, a lot of them don't have a passport because I, I don't know why I, part of it. Maybe we make it hard for, for people to be able to get a passport. Right. You know, it's a, a little bit of a long drawn out process. You got to go to a couple of different places to get your pictures and, yeah. and submit the information and everything like that. So there are these hurdles that you have to do to be able to overcome in order to be able to get your passport. And then I think also just some of it is people are afraid, right? Like, of course, you mean, yeah. you mean I got to go to a country where they don't speak English or, <laughs> yeah, you yeah. know, or that I, you know, that they drive on the wrong, the quote unquote wrong side of the road or, yeah, yeah. or whatever. <laughs> Um, and it, it's intimidating for people. And I think also that's why when I do my podcast that, that I talk about that type of stuff with, with the guests that are from different countries, because I want people to realize that, look, you know, maybe the, like their, their language that's native there is French or English or whatever, but a lot of people do speak English there. You know, there yes. are some signs in yeah. English and, and, you know, now that a lot of the apps are make it so much easier to translate things as well, mm-hmm. you know? And so it, the hurdles are coming down and then making it so much easier for you to be able to travel and experience the world. Because I will say this, I mean, you can spend an entire lifetime just traveling around the U S and not be able to see everything. And oh, I think that incredible place. Yeah. yeah. But in, in many ways, the, the, the U S is like Europe where it's each state is kind of like its own country where we have different rules. We have different attractions with almost like a different culture, uh, so to speak. 
And you can spend your entire lifetime traveling around the U.S. and find a lot of great things and enjoy yourself. But I think one of the things that, that you would miss out on is there's so much more around the world that, mm-hmm. you know, like I love going to Europe just because of the old history that's there. And yeah. the way the buildings are made in Europe, there's nothing like that in the U.S. You know, no. we don't, I mean, yeah, we just don't have that. We, we just don't have that longevity, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, like when I, I had a chance to go to the, the, uh, the church in Notre Dame, you know, before oh, yeah. the, the fire happened. And that was just mind blowing being able to go there and see this church that had been around for hundreds of years. And we, the, we luckily have maybe something that's two or 300 years old in the United <laughs> States. And that's even, that's kind of rare nowadays, you know? And so they just don't make buildings that way anymore, uh, partially for budget and partially for all the other structure reasons and everything else like that. And so I love going to, to Europe just be just to be able to explore the buildings. I don't know, like, <laughs> I, it's kind of sad to say, I don't really go into a lot of the museums just because like it's art. I appreciate the art and everything yeah. like that, but it's not that exciting to me. Mm-hmm. The buildings that house the art are more exciting to me than okay. the actual the art point. inside. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think if you went to Norwich, right, um, there's a museum and a gallery in the Norwich Castle that we talked about. Yeah. But I think you'd be more interested in actually looking at the castle itself. It's, you know, it's like Norman times, right? William the Conqueror and all that. So yeah, yeah. Eight, 800 years old, whatever the the age is. And I think the, what I've learned is I think people from America who go to Europe appreciate that more. Mm-hmm. Like me going up to Norwich, you know, it's a, we see it every day, like if we walk into to work in the city centre and probably don't appreciate that the, the cathedral is like 900 years old and the castle's 800 years old. We don't ever appreciate that. And I think that's a that's a downside of maybe not appreciating where you're from. But yeah, well, I, think it, that's, I think that's like I think that's common for everybody. I, I lived yeah. five miles from Disneyland when I was in, okay. in California. Right. Everybody's like, oh, my God, you must have went to Disneyland every day. I'm like, no, <laughs> yeah. no, no, actually, no, no, you would. <laughs> The US routinely, when I get asked this question, whether it's um, favorite country I've been to, like top five or whatever, or that I want to go to, US is always in there. I get a bit of stick. And it's the reason that you said that every state is different. So you've got mm-hmm. 50 states there. That, that's 50 different places already to begin with. That doesn't include the counties in those states. So I'm like, it's just an incredible place to that covers all range of travel, whether it's Hawaiian beaches or the mountains in Colorado or the desert in the South, right. Or Vegas, whatever it is, or New York, where the first immigrants are, whatever it is, it's, there's too much to yeah. see. So I can see right. why Americans don't travel because they've got so much of their own country to go and see. Yeah. Yeah. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a great place to go, isn't it? Like your own oh, no, country. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And, I, and I think, you know, because we are a first world country, you know, sometimes people go or they've had their friends go to like a country that's not as developed yeah. And then they realize that they don't have some of the, the creature comforts that they have at home mm. in that, in that country, you know, and yeah. uh, you know, in the, in the U S a lot of, a lot of places, there's like letters outside of, of the building telling you how like clean it is inside there. Right. <laughs> uh, you go to like some third world countries, like you may see something that you don't like walking mm. around, you know, like you know, rodents or bugs or whatever and stuff like that. Right. So it's just, you know, when you, when you leave the, the U S and travel to some of these other countries, you have to like suspend your belief system of, as far as what life is like in the U S yes. to be able to explore and really enjoy the life in those other countries. And that's why like when us, like when we travel, like, well, 
my wife and I, um, we weren't sure like where we we're going to, where we we're going to end up. And like, who knows whether or not we'll stay in Nashville for, for a long period of time, who knows. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of the things we always do whenever we travel is we try to travel like a local. So that way we can figure out if we had a job offer in the city, is this a place that we can see ourselves? And that's something yeah. that we've always kind of adopted whenever we go. Yeah. Like I ask that question all the time if I go to see, so these are not necessarily English speaking cities, but something like Rio. Yeah. I could live there for a bit. If the opportunity came up, no problem. But I'll tell you what, um, if uh, any of your listeners have listened to this podcast episode and they want to go somewhere that's a bit out there, but not quite out there. So one of the biggest culture shops I had was India, just because of the noise, the amount of people, the dust. Um, but don't forget, they all speak English. Uh, it's a second yeah. language. Um, it's an yeah. official language, but it's second to Hindi. So you, you, you're probably going to be all right in terms of asking for something or getting somewhere. So that's already a huge hurdle kind of cross in terms of barrier of language. So then you've got to try and accept that, yeah, they don't do stuff the same as US. They've got its own culture, right? So mm-hmm. that comes to open-mindedness and, and accepting that Asia, for example, Africa is going to have a completely different type of travel experience to the US. You, you just for got sure. to kind of remember that when you travel. Yeah. Well, like I, I did an episode on Bangalore in India. Oh, wow. And, yeah. yeah. And, you know, one of the things he was telling us is that a lot of the cities are, you know, named after, you know, like English, like historians or whatever, yeah. because yeah. of the English influence on, on India there. And so because of that, that's probably why they have, you know, that, and also like, you know, the, all the tech support and the call centers that have gone over to India. Yes. They, there's, there is a lot more English speaking that goes on there than you would expect. And also they're, um, India is an interesting country that half the population is probably in poverty. The other half is quite rich. <laughs> it's, there's no medium really. So, um, it's hard to get your head around. Um, yeah, we had a great time, three months traveling around. Um, but we tried to travel around like a local, like, you know, you've got the, the trains and uh, the local tuk-tuks. And my friend here, uh, Anjuman, who was on episode, I think, three or four of mine, she's from India. She's migrated to Canada. And she couldn't believe some of the stuff I was doing. But I was like, oh, you just go there and get a train and speak to a local. <laughs> she's like, no, you shouldn't do that. It's too dangerous. So, like, it's weird how you have a different concept of your own place. But, um, yeah, 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 you need to try and get out there and see the locals, really. They'll show you the way. What is some of the um, favorite places you traveled internationally? Let's see. I would say one of the, the favorite places I've, I've been to is a place called Townsville in Australia. Australia? Oh, yeah, Townsville. Yeah, yeah. I've been there. Yeah, yeah it's it's near yeah. it's near Cairns. Uh, and we actually flew down to Sydney. We were there. And then we did like a, a detour uh, you know, for like a couple of days up to Townsville. And the reason why I went to Townsville was I heard on a radio show in L.A. about there's a, a place called the Billabong Sanctuary where okay. you can actually hug a wombat. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And I thought that was the coolest thing. So I'm like, okay, if I go to Australia, I got to fly there. I got to check it out because I want who doesn't want to hug a wombat. Yeah. Right? Yeah, <laughs> and so the, the interesting story is, I guess, so uh, his name was Tonka. I think that was his name, Tonka. And he was a wombat that they basically had around for like, whenever tourists come around, they, you know, people would sit there and take pictures and hug them and everything. Hmm. And, and then they had a, a big tropical storm that closed the park for, I don't know, like a week or two. Like there was, did so much damage. Yeah. During that time, the Tonka, like, you know, look, started looking really ill and, and just like lethargic and everything like that. So they thought, Oh, you know, there's something wrong with him. And so they kind of isolated him. Uh, and then when the, when the park reopened, they brought out a different wombat for people to be able to hug and, and everything. Right. It turns out that as soon as he saw another wombat getting hugged, he started like perking up again. Hey, what about me? 
it was basically he was depressed because yeah. he was used to getting hugs from <laughs> from all the tourists, and he was just very sad. And, yeah. and <laughs> so it was a, it was a wonderful story about that. But yeah, so I, I heard about it, and it was wonderful. Like you walk in, there's literally kangaroos and wallabies out there that you could yeah, just yeah. walk up and hand them Absolutely. right at your feet. Um, emus, everything else. Mm-hmm. Um, because if you go to Sydney, they actually have in that province. There's actually a law against you holding a a, a, a koala bear koala or anything bear, else yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah. You can't so do that there. if you go yeah. there to like one of the zoos, you can take a picture next to the koala. Yes, but you cannot hold it. No. Yeah. But absolutely. if you go to other provinces, then you can hold them. And yeah. so I got a picture of like me holding a koala bear like up there in in uh, in Townsville. So um, you know every every place has different rules, and and it's just. Like you have to kind of understand some of those rules before you go. So yeah. that way you have, you set the right expectations. Yeah. I think we uh, were in Brisbane. Yeah. I think in Brisbane and um, we sort of had the picture next to the quad. I, I don't really want to hold it and stress it out, but it looked pretty uh, sleepy. So I had a picture next yeah. to it, but um, well, they, the, that place the reason had a one sleep- walking around as well. <laughs> the reason why it looks sleepy is that like they really only eucalyptus leaves, right? Yes. And yeah. so eucalyptus leaves really don't have that much of like, nutrients within them and mm. so they sleep probably 22 hours a day and the other two or three hours that they're awake they're basically eating the the, the eucalyptus leaves well life so <laughs> yeah <laughs> so it's interesting but uh one of the other places that, that to me that was really profound uh that just had a huge impact on me was going to like the norm the beaches of normandy in, in paris i met okay. well uh, it was on our trip to paris we took a, a day tour out to yeah. the beaches of normandy and it was, it just blew my mind, you know, seeing people like seeing the cliffs that the, the soldiers had to climb up, mm. you know, and when they're, when they're storming the beaches and everything, and they, there's still huge divots uh, in the ground from where the bombs fell and everything else like that. And the part that really got me and like, I literally, like, even right now, just think about it. I, I, I was on the verge of tears. Like I, I sat there and just cried as I looked around is that the, um, the American, like, uh, the American cemetery in the Normandy beach, as far as you can look, there's just crosses uh, of all the soldiers that, that died and uh, that are buried there. And it was, it was very emotional. And it was mm-hmm. just something that I was like, unfortunately we got there close to like when they closed. And so we didn't get to spend a whole lot of time there, but I, I spent a good, probably 15, 30 minutes and it, it literally just standing there and like crying, looking around and realizing how much people gave, um, for the freedom for all of us. And yeah. it, it is one of the most emotionally impactful places I've ever been. Yeah. I think UK is pretty popular in school to go on these trips. So I've been to mm-hmm. a few, I've been to France and Belgium. I think even Germany as well, actually. Um, Belgium is quite a popular one because they're, they're dotted everywhere because of the first world war, especially. Yeah. So, um, uh, you see these like, yeah, like you say, these, these massive cemeteries that's gone for miles, these white headstones and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, like, yeah, they're pretty. Um, yeah, it just makes you think: how can human beings do that to each other, right? But um, yeah, yeah, that's kind of a bit of a shock when you're like, I don't know, thirteen, fourteen, <laughs> and then you've been told all the stories, and um, you're kind of a bit of a teenager, and you probably don't appreciate them. But at that yeah. time, but looking back, you're like, oh wow, yeah. Like I've been to Ypres in Belgium, okay, um, which is obviously famous for the First World War, the Ypres and the Ypres Stand and all that. So yeah, that's kind of. I kind of am in, interested in history. So I would kind of lap that up and try and learn as much as possible. So mm-hmm. I did, I did kind of see why people do that sort of travel, that history travel. Yeah. Yeah. yeah um, I, I, cause we were, we were there in Paris. It was actually the first major international trip 
that I took with my wife. Yeah. Um, and kind of like the, the origin story of me getting into miles and points, because I was all about, you know, I had the Southwest Companion Pass. That's one of the big, like a, one of the bigger airlines here in the U.S. That's a, more of a regional airline. They don't fly internationally mm-hmm. other than to like Mexico and the Caribbean. And my wife's like, well, I want to go to, to, to Europe. I want to go to Paris. And I said, well, baby, like Southwest doesn't fly to Paris, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you know, and me being frugal, I'm like, well, I don't want to pay for that. Uh, so let me figure out how to earn some miles and points yeah. so that way we can go. And by the time I figured it out, okay, well, I, I accumulated a bunch of miles and points quickly. So I was able to pay for, uh, my mother-in-law to go as well. And then my son, uh, he's, he was 26 months old at the time of the trip. Mm-hmm. And so we were able to, to do all that. Uh, and it was a wonderful trip. We were there for like 10 or 12 days, which in America, that's, that's a long vacation. Most yeah, people, yeah. Yeah. most people barely take a, a week vacation let alone almost two weeks. It's, it's very unheard of for, for most people, except for like people that are from other countries that come to America and then they kind of, you know, become assimilated or whatever that they, they will go on like, you know, two, three, four weeks to go back to their, their country and stuff like that. Yeah. But people that are American that are born in America, you usually take like long weekend trips or maybe like once a year, you'll take like a one week trip Mm. and that's it. Most, most companies, kind of frown upon it if you leave for more than a week you know uh, i can't so believe it, that that's crazy it, yeah it, it's it's very odd but so we went to paris and i didn't realize it but you know i didn't know about the the may day holiday right i guess it's a, it's oh, a big yeah may day big, yeah 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 big big holiday yeah. and we're like a lot of things like the train shut down and everything else like oh, that yeah. and so we were trying to go from paris out there and i'm like well i don't want to fly all the way to Paris and then miss out on going to the beaches of Normandy because the trains mm-hmm. are down. And so we rented a car and drove all the way out there. And uh, I'm so glad that we did. It's, it's one of those things that, like I said, is one of the most emotional experiences I kind of equated to, if you're going to, to Germany and you don't go to Auschwitz or one of those places, that's just so historically significant that you would, you would be kicking yourself the rest of your life if you never went. Yeah. I guess maybe I don't appreciate that because, uh, as much because being in UK, it's just two or three hours away. Mm-hmm. Um, so you never get around to it because I'll oh, do that in the future, right? Same with France. Like you just you can get a, you can get a train from London for, for two hours straight across the border, yeah. right? So I think that's why Europe. I, I can see why Europe is appealing to US, Australian, Canadian citizens because you can land London, do two three days, hop on the train to Paris, right, and then do your Normandy, then go to Berlin from there. Like it's just all these dotting around Europe. I can see why. I'm now saying it going, why didn't I do that when I was younger? <laughs> but I'll do it when I'm older, like 100% when I go back. Well, I'll say this, like, in you know, I see so many European families do this with, like, the gap year. And and some, like, yes. higher, some of the, uh, you know, wealthier families here in the U.S. do it as well. Um, but I, I would I would definitely kind of encourage my kids to, to try to take a gap year if they can. Yes. Just to be able to kind of explore and to enjoy the world a little bit before you get into the workforce. And I mean, there, trust me, the jobs will always be there. They're yeah, always going yeah, yeah. <laughs> to responsibilities yeah. and stuff like that will come whether you want it or not, you know? Uh, and so I, one of the, the bits of advice I always used to give guys in my fraternity when they were graduate from college is don't be in such a hurry to get a job and mm. get a car payment and get, you know, an apartment or house, you know, mortgage that you got to pay every month and all these other things. Like, don't be in such a hurry to kind of grow up 
as far as that goes. You're better off taking a little bit of time for yourself. And this is like one of the few times in your life that you're going to have the opportunity to like not have responsibilities and not have to like hurry up and get back to the next job. Yeah, I think um, my most popular audience is gap year or traveler backpackers who take those three, six, 12 month uh, gaps in their life in terms of uh, leaving after maybe university, uh, sometimes after school, uh, like high school, Um, which is great because that's the whole point of my podcast is to try and get people to do that. Because I asked, uh, I had a guest on yesterday, it's not released yet, but uh, I said to him, which I'll ask you later on as well, um, if you can give a few sentences why, you know, like when you finish maybe university or high school, why you should go traveling. He's like, well, what are you going to do instead? I was like, well, get a job. He goes, yeah, you get a job. So what else is there? He goes, you get a job. So don't go into that too quickly, right? Do something exciting first before you commit to the, the job and the salary and the responsibilities, I guess. So yeah, it's a fair yeah. point that people should be uh, encouraged. Well, I think encouraging people to maybe take that bit of time off. It's the ultimate freedom, isn't it? Yeah, well, I mean, the thing is like, because in America anyways, once you start down that like that treadmill of, you know, the job and then you get a, a raise, like, and then you get a better car, you get a better house. You get this, that, like you, a lot of people never really get ahead. You know, there's, yes. I'm part of the community where there's, they call it fire here in the U S so financial independence, retire early. Mm-hmm. So it's, you have, you, you kind of ignore like a lot of the consumerism as far as getting a, a nicer car, getting a nicer house. And every time yes. you get a raise, it's saving that additional money so that way you can accelerate your opportunity to retire. Mm. And that way you have that freedom where, you know, instead of waiting till you're 65, 70 years old and working for the, you know, 40, 50 years or whatever, maybe if you increase your savings rate, you can retire at 50 or 55 Yeah, and, mm-hmm. and be able to enjoy it. Like my wife, her father, he passed away like in his early fifties. He passed away before I ever met him, I'll say, yeah. you know, yeah. and it's unfortunate that, you know, he, he passed away so early and he missed out on being able to see his grandkids and mm. you know, both from her as well as her brother and everything else. And I, I know that I, that's going to be one of my great joys is being there when my kids have, have their kids and, and be there for them and supporting them and kind of watching some of those moments as well. You know, it's, I, I agree in terms of like the, the lifestyle, I guess, if you get that raise kind of increases, but I sent, I sent to Emma girlfriend. I said, if I earn, um, what I earned three years ago to now or to five years if I get another raise the expenses are going to be the same I don't increase the lifestyle if you like I don't get like yeah. more expensive car we don't move to a nicer place like I guess a lot of people do do that and that's why they never they get do. ahead yeah yeah the 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 term in that in that in that that genre like the financial genre they call it lifestyle inflation right so, okay yes yeah, great it's yeah. a great term yeah. yeah yeah and I I sort of encourage people to yeah, not, 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 I think Lindsay Lynn, who's on my podcast uh, 20 episodes ago, said don't have too many wants when you're younger because the more wants you have, the more you're going to fork out money for. So that's you know, the big car, <laughs> the big house, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, whatever clothes, whatever you do. Um, I can't see why people invest too much in those materialistic things that much, but you know, traveling is not for everyone, I guess. So um, there is a community that are not interested in traveling, so that's fine. Um, but yeah. we're trying to well, change their mind. <laughs> one, of my, one of my friends, uh, her name is Paula Pant. She has a website called Afford Anything in a podcast. And her tagline, which I always kind of lived along this like pathway, but I yeah. I was never able to say it succinctly as she did it. But it's like, you can afford anything, just not everything. 
And yeah. so you have to, you have to be mm. able to kind of pick and choose what are the things that are most important to you. And yeah, spend lavishly on those mm. but on the things that you don't care about. Don't spend money, you know, buy the, buy the generic version, buy the cheap version mm. or whatever, mm. and don't spend money on those things. You know, go to the thrift store to get your clothes if, if you don't really care about clothes, right? Yeah, um, absolutely, yeah. And save a lot of money. And then that way you can afford the things that you want. Like I I kind of take it a little bit step further. I'm willing to spend extra on things that I know I'm going to keep for a very long time because I yes. hate having to replace something, you know? And so I'll I'll spend on, on something probably two or three times as much to get like the really nice version because mm-hmm. I know I'm going to keep it for 10 years versus you buying the cheap version and you, you got to replace it every two years. Yeah. 100% agree. This MacBook Pro here, first one since 2010 or 11. And so that lasted, what, six, seven oh, years? Wow. And then had a bit of a gap. And I thought, oh, I'll buy a new one this year. So that's two and 10 years, right? Maybe longer. So that's not too bad. People get tech all the time. Like phones are a bad one. Like people just get phones every two years, don't they? You don't need to, especially <laughs> nowadays. <laughs> but yeah, I totally agree. Like, I've just invested in a, a, a bit of a, a winter sort of, couple bits of clothing that were mm-hmm. not too cheap they're quite expensive but i'm like well that's it they're gonna be there for five ten years now so i'd have to buy them ever again but i guess some yeah. people just get addicted to that commercial commercial like oh i need to buy that i need to buy that i need to buy that so you can't buy time yeah and also i want to make a point where a lot this comes up a lot in my podcast maybe because of the younger generation um in terms of traveling is that a lot of people wait um to the older and that's a bit of a risk because like you said um some people do die in their 50s and imagine you get mm-hmm. there and you've had a list of things to do that you're going to do when you retire and you don't make it that's a or, or even if you make it but but you're, you're just your, your body yeah your body's like, you like, just too tired or, or sore or whatever or you can't do some of the things that you've wanted to do yeah you're, like, climbing up to machu picchu right or, or whatever you know, when you're 70 most people won't aren't gonna be able to make that journey yeah you know, uh, and so like that's that's a that's a tough thing to do. Yeah. So people got to make a choice, really, haven't they? Um, do they want experiences or things? I think that's yeah. the that's the big choice. But Machu Picchu, by the way, is bloody tough. <laughs> I was twenty four at the time. That's tough. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, if you're forty four, get on with it because you tell you what, if you're in the fifties, you don't want to be climbing up that day to dead woman's pass. No way. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I, my knees are already sore. You know. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is there any other countries you want to mention um, uh, internationally before we wrap up? Uh, I think one of the ones that's like on my on my bucket list. It's been it's kind of been on there because like what I what I kind of do is I, I have it's not really written down, but I just kind of in general I kind of have it in my in my head of different places that I like a, kind of like a top ten list of places I want to yes. go. Yeah. Right. And like Greece has been on that list of places. Oh, awesome. Mine top ten uh, for, yeah, for, yeah. for for a number of years. Yeah. But because I use miles and points uh, when I when I book my travel. A lot of times what I'll do is I go, okay, I have, you know, one through 10 on my list and maybe my top one isn't available. Basically, maybe there's no award availability for, for booking a flight or the number of miles that they want is really expensive. So I'll say, I may go to two, three and seven and nine instead of number one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm still going to places I really want to go, oh, yeah. but I'm just not necessarily going to the, the number one spot because again, I'm frugal and I, I want to, I want to <laughs> maximize the value of, of yeah, yeah. my dollars and my, and my rewards, uh, when I'm, when I book in my travel. Can I ask them what's your maybe top five, um, in no order, um, oh. the same five countries that are on your international list. 
Uh, New Zealand uh, is definitely oh, yeah. on, the, on the list there, uh, especially yeah. I've, I've done three episodes of my podcast there recently. Uh, that's, that's definitely high out there. I want to go to Japan uh, yeah. and explore there. Uh, Thailand, you know, just uh, several different countries in, in that area as well. Um, and just explore more of like Eastern Europe. I, I really haven't explored much there. Mm-hmm. Uh, my, my wife, she's uh, her family's Basque, like on one side and Oh, and yeah, so I want to be able to explore that area and take yeah. her to, to be able to, she went there at, right after college, but it's been a little while. And then now that our kids are getting a little older, we want to be able to take them mm. and to kind of show them where we're part of the families from and everything. So I think yeah. that'd be really cool as well. And actually I've done a couple of podcast episodes on the Basque region too. Oh, so, nice. Yeah. So it's, it's, it was really cool just kind of hearing uh, them talking about it. And so it gives me even more reason to, to go. Spain is an interesting country, isn't it? Because they've got so many different, different types of cultures in that country basque mm-hmm. uh, catalonia uh, galician yeah. in the top left like they all got their own almost like their own country in terms of their culture and their food and their language it's yeah. an interesting place spain it's kind of underrated in that in that sense i think for sure and and probably one of the other ones that's on the top is also going to finland my 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 dad's grandparents immigrated from finland like in the 1890s oh, okay. so I, yeah i want to be able to go there and check that out and and I think what I would try to do, I try to knock out that as well as like going up to like the northern part of, uh, you know, Lapland there. Yeah. And like kind of seeing like the Santa Claus stuff, maybe bring the kids. <laughs> and then also, you know, if, if I can, if I could time it right, you know, seeing the, the northern lights. So it'd be like a, a triple whammy as far as uh, you're doing that trip and kind of knocking off three different bucket list items. Yeah. A lot of people do that sort of corridor. So Finland, uh, Sweden, Norway, mm-hmm. and probably a bit of Denmark if you can get across or even back around to the, uh, Lithuania, Latvia, and Estonia uh, trio there. It's quite a popular little route in Europe. Um, yeah. But Finland, yeah, looks great. Yeah, it's a it's a unique country. I think it's got its own own culture, own language. It's quite interesting. Mm-hmm. Met some Finnish people uh, traveling before. Uh, they all speak English, so if you worry about that, no problems. <laughs> they all love <laughs> I I, uh, racing as well. They love like car racing. <laughs> I wish I, I wish I would have got more of the the uh, the Scandinavian tall jeans. You yeah, know, I, <laughs> yeah. That's one part I the part of the uh, the DNA that skipped me. You know, uh, I'm Scandinavian. I am. I think I'm 75 percent uh, Swedish. I think. I think mum done okay. So yeah, because yeah. uh, in Norwich, I don't know. I, I don't think I told you this in the podcast. Um, on yours the other day, it's Anglo-Saxon. So okay, Norwich and below is Ipswich. That witch is from Anglo. So that's from the oh, okay. from the Vikings and from Norway. So they all got the boat and hopped across. Okay. Um, and that's where our sort of genes come from. So that's kind of like a bit of history there for that, that part of the world. Nice. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's great to talk about your travels. Um, we're going to finish on just a bit of a plugging of your blog and also your podcast, uh, where we can find you. And then I've got some quick fire questions for you. Sure. So we mentioned your blog. Can you tell us a little bit more about your blog? Because I know that's a big thing for you as well. And then where to find your blog. And then we'll go into your podcast. Yeah. So again, the blog is really, it's, it's a... A kind of inspiration for people to be able to follow the travels and see how they use miles and points effectively to be able to, to travel for as close to free as possible. Yeah, I, I write about a bunch of different travel products, whether it's credit cards, loyalty programs, uh, actual travel products like you know, backpacks and those type of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then also write about airline, airport lounges, hotels, flights, uh, just basically kind of cataloging our, our different travel experiences. Do you also find a cheeky question here, an extra or a different crowd to your blog crowd, to your podcast crowd? Or do you think, because I've been reading recently that 
you do get a bit of a different um, audience with writing or blogging or mm-hmm. that sort of yeah, stuff? Yeah. So when I, when I first initially started them, uh, I, I purposely started the, the podcast on a different, uh, under a different name uh, just because I wanted it to not be so much miles and points focused. Mm-hmm. I want it to be more general travel and uh, have a, a broader audience because a lot of people, especially in the U.S., uh, they they just aren't interested in, in miles and points or they're intimidated by them or yeah. they think that it's like a scam because they have trouble using them sometimes. Mm. And so I didn't want that to kind of cloud them uh, and it, just try to see what we can do with that. Yeah. Um, plus, I think just from like being a, a business perspective, you know, maybe it took off and like somebody wanted to buy it, you know, and, and so that's an, that's also an opportunity. But I think now that it, it's been going for you know three plus years, the blog's been going for nine plus years. Um, I'm thinking kind of like rebranding and like merging all the travel stuff from Bald Thoughts into the We Traveled Air brand. Yeah. Uh, and then just keeping Bald Thoughts as more like my kind of umbrella corporation for like that website, that website, the podcast, and like other different things I want to be able to do. Like, like free, like I do a lot of freelance writing for different websites. Yeah. Um, you know, and so keeping that as more like the, just more like the business structure versus uh, we travel, there would be all the travel content. So that's probably something that I'm going to do in, in, in 2022. Okay. So both those websites is ballthoughts.com. Is that right? And yeah, ballthoughts.com and we travel there.com. That's right. And we can find your podcast, I guess, on all the popular mm-hmm. podcasting sites. I get yours on Spotify, which is yeah. um, one of them, but I guess they're on Apple and Google and stuff like that, right? Correct. Correct. And how frequent is your podcast? It comes out every Monday. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's, it's one of those things that I've been doing it every Monday for the last three and a half years. Mm-hmm. I know some of my fr- my podcast friends, they've kind of transitioned because like you, you probably know as well. Sometimes it's a little bit of a, of a chore getting, you know, that much content out there on, on a regular basis. And, and some podcasts are switching to more of like a, like a season where they they do it for only you know, 10 episodes at a time or, or whatever. Yeah. They take a break and they come back for like the next season. For me, you know, there's so many cities around the world. There's so much opportunity. I'm just, I, I think I'm just going to keep it going at least for now, at least for the f- foreseeable future, which can be every Monday coming out. And uh, the good thing is they're only about a half an hour, you know? And so it's, yeah. a, it's a good thing to be able to listen on your commute when you're doing a little jog or a little bike ride, something like that. Yeah. I'm the, I'm the same in terms of Monday. I think it's a good, good way to start the week. That's kind of my thinking behind Monday. Mm-hmm. Um, and also I'm lucky. I'm not doing season. I'm just, it's every Monday. Um, yeah. Maybe apart from the odd week where I just feel like I need to recharge the batteries a little bit, if you like. But uh, I think I've only sure. missed one or two weeks since I've started. So, yeah. Um, yeah. And for me, like, I haven't missed any weeks. Uh, There's a couple of times where I came really close where I was like, oh my God, I'm, I'm running out of content. <laughs> <laughs> and then I had to reach out to a bunch of people real quick and record something fast. Yeah. You know, but uh, yeah, no, it's, it's one of those things where I just enjoy it. Plus, I think, I think just, with like the way life happens sometimes. Mm. I, I think I'd be afraid if I, if I skipped a week, then yeah, one week, that's, that's one week would turn well. into two would turn into yeah. 10. And and next thing you know, I would never pick it back up again. Uh, yes. And that would be a real shame, you know? Yeah. It's that fear of not getting out now. Monday, Cause I feel like I've got a, uh, a little bit of responsibility for some of my regular followers, if you like. So I feel like I have for to, sure. Sundays are pretty Sunday afternoon. Cause I do Sunday night, uh, what? 10 PM PST. That's kind of like 6 AM in Europe 7am okay. I kind of feel like right that's quite a busy two hours at night that's on Sunday to get it all prepared and ready and out there right 
Yeah. But the, the, the marketing on social media, I think just touch, touch on that very quickly, is is quite relenting. I've been pretty relentless with that this year. Like, I think I average about two posts a day, but it is it's tough. Luckily, I've got 10,000 photos from my travels to talk about, so and podcast clips, so I can't run out of content. But <laughs> it's just actually doing it, isn't it? Like, yeah. Um, every morning or afternoon, just remembering to do it. So it's the routine of it. It's quite tough. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, like, I bought a I, during the pandemic. I bought a Peloton bike. It's sitting right, literally right on the other side of this wall that I'm staring at right here. And <laughs> I walk by it every day on the way, you know, up up to my office. <laughs> and, <laughs> you know, and it's like one of those things that. Like my wife and I, in February, it's almost a year ago, did a challenge where it's like, okay, look, we haven't been using it. We've owned it for like four or five months. Yeah. Like every day we're going to do it. And if we did it every day for a month, we basically, we agreed to allow each other to spend a certain amount of money without the other one questioning. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good idea. Yeah. And because I question some of my, my wife's purchases sometimes, yeah. you know, and uh, this way I, I'm like, okay, you can buy it up to this budget, you can spend whatever you want. And I may roll my eyes when you turn your head, you know, <laughs> but, but I will be supportive and I won't question it. Uh, and the, the, like, you got to do things like that sometimes to kind of kickstart yourself to yeah. get back in the swing of things. Yeah. If there's one thing I've learned this week, it is just to do it and start it. Um, you always read or hear people say, oh, I'd love to do that or want to start that, but just do it. Um, one bit of yeah. advice, if you want to do podcasts, get some content before you start going live because I was running a lot this year it's weekly podcast I, I need to record something like you said on a Sunday or a Saturday very quickly because I've not got like two or three of podcasts in the bank but you, you're, oh, you're sure. in March right so I think I'm about February so um oh good that's the best I've been so far uh, I'm enjoying yeah, this, it <laughs> this is the best this is the, yeah this is the best I've ever been as well um like I'd say on average I probably about a month ahead you know yeah uh and I, I think part of the reason why I also have that pressure is that at the end of every episode, I tease what the next episode is. So with that, uh, I have to have a, at least two episodes before I can release one because I got to be it. able to tease what's coming yeah, next. Yeah, yeah. You know, so I, I've I've added a little extra weight to when I'm <laughs> when I'm trying to swim across the uh, across the, the the river. I have added yeah. an extra weight to my foot. I don't want to have that pressure again, really. So I'm, I'm trying to get as much interviews as possible. Um, yeah, that's the aim. Okay, thanks. So yeah, you you available all plat- all podcast platforms. Correct. I guess they can access that on your website, wetravelair.com as well. Mm-hmm. And it's every Monday and it's about 30 to 35 minutes a podcast episode, right? Yes. And thanks for coming on. I've got some quick fire uh, travel questions coming your way. So they're, they're like oh, what awesome. I, I usually end on. These are your favorite things. It's travel question time. Okay. On your travels, this could be anywhere in the world. What is your favorite beach? I would say the favorite, the favorite beach that we go to that we've gone through like a number of times is in Cabo. Yeah. Uh, it's just, it was like an easy getaway from us from California. Uh, you know, even though California has wonderful beaches and stuff like that. Yeah. The Pacific ocean is, is quite, uh, quite cold a lot of times. Okay. Yeah. And so going down to Cabo is always just something like it was a good to get away from, from where we were and just enjoy ourselves. And it was only a, a couple hour flight from, from LA. Yeah. That's a Mexico, right? Just confirm. Yeah. 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 So like, if you think of Mexico, uh, you know, the little, uh, almost like a finger that's dangling down. It's at the very bottom of that, of that finger right there. Is that the Baja California bit? Correct. Yes. Right. Yeah. That's on my list, a place to go. Yeah. That seems to be like just kind of broken off from Mexico, isn't it? Just a little bit to the left, hidden away. But yeah. some of the scenes down there look incredible. It is absolutely beautiful. And there's a, there's a thing called El Arco that's there. You could go out on a little boat 
And depending upon what time of the year that you travel there, uh, sometimes the beach is exposed. So you can actually walk, oh, wow. walk over there. And so, Crazy. and they call it, they call, um, there's another spot that's like right there. They call it the, there's lover's beach on the inside, like, you know, kind of like the, mm-hmm. the Baja part. And then they call that lover's beach. And then on the other side of the, of it, uh, that's where the Pacific ocean is. And it's yeah. like waves crashing and stuff like that. <laughs> so they call that divorce beach. Oh. You know? So it's like, it's all nice yeah. and calm and, and pretty over here, over there. It's just like wild and crazy. It's <laughs> great terminology. I like that. That sounds yeah. very Mexican. Your favorite city that you've been to. Can I give a couple? Like, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm, I'm loose. Partly like uh, Paris is Up one there. of my favorites just because it's, it's the first place I traveled internationally with my wife where it's like, like truly international. Like I don't consider Mexico like really international <laughs> as far as that goes, <laughs> right? Because it's like it's mm. your yeah. neighbor, right? Uh, but that's the first place that I traveled with my wife. And that's the place that really got me inspired into all the miles and points and kind of like down this path of everything I've learned. Uh, uh, let's see. So Amsterdam with my son, I took him there. Okay. Yeah. Uh, on the way to, we were on the way to Denmark, actually, to the Lego factory. Oh, and, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it was really cool. And it's just, you know, I, I just really cherish like the opportunities to be able to spend one-on-one time with my kids. And on that, on the way back from that trip is when he kind of turned into a foodie. We were flying, like I redeemed a bunch of miles for business class. And uh, so on the way back, we had a really nice meal. They act, it was like a rack of lamb. Mm-hmm. And he, he was watching... I forget what it was like one of the cartoons, you know, there's like really popular stuff like that for the kids, like things like Pokemon or I don't know, one of those things. And it was really cute just seeing him. He was like literally watching the, the, his eyes on the screen and just like the food was right there on the plate. And he just kind of stuck his tongue out and like, he was like testing it (laughs) while he, without taking his eyes off the screen, (laughs) you know? And he's like, next thing you know, he just like devoured it and he ate a half of mine too. Oh, you wow. Know, and, <laughs> and when we got home, my wife is extremely happy because again, being from Basque, like they, like lamb is part of like a big portion of like their staple, their food. Yeah. And so she was just so happy that she can like start cooking lamb chops. Now oh, because yeah. She knew that he's going to love it, you know? <laughs> uh, and so since then he's been like turned into total foodie, does sushi, does like all these different like uh, experimental foods and everything like that whenever That's we awesome, travel. Yeah. So yeah, that was really fascinating doing that. And then uh, I went to uh, Brussels with my daughter, like that was like a one-on-one trip with her. That was the first time I took her in a major like international trip alone. And, and it was just, you know, I think you may have this question later on, but for me, like the, the travel, like one of the things that I always want to do is I want to encourage families to travel Mm -hmm. and not just families, like, because some families do travel together, but for me, it's, it's having the dads travel solo with the kids Mm -hmm. because like in my family, at least, and a, a lot of other families that I know, Whenever the mom is around, like the dad's the one carrying the bags and <laughs> it's like the mom gets all the hugs and gets to spend the quality time with the kids and stuff like that. Um, you know, I, I'm exaggerating with it. My wife doesn't always, do that. <laughs> doesn't always do that, but, but it's really like, I noticed that when I travel with them solo, I get to spend so much more quality time with them mm. and creating those one-on-one memories with them. It, it's just to me that's what it's all about. And that's one of the things that I'm, I'm so happy with what I've done and, and the situation I'm in that I can be able to do that. And, you know, a lot of people, they aren't, they don't have like a, their own business like I do now. And, and mm-hmm. they don't have all the miles and points and stuff like that. Even if you just do like a, a staycation with your kids, you know, like, or like a, like a date night with them, I would recommend doing that on a, on a regular basis, just so that way you can have like that one-on-one time and, 
And sometimes they're going to, you, you'll be surprised the things that they say and the things that they do when it's just you versus when it's you and your yeah, spouse. Yeah. Absolutely. Especially if they've got um, brothers and sisters as well. You might learn yeah. something new if they're on their own. Sure. <laughs> and so that's, that's for me, that's, that's one of the, the things I love most about traveling. Also, great point in terms of it, that might encourage them to travel when they're older because they might oh like when i was young and my dad yeah. took me to amsterdam and then to brussels like that might in the back of their mind go oh yeah I, I might do that on my own now i'm going to do my own trip yeah so that, well, yeah, that's you, great. You, you were saying earlier about uh holding off on on traveling you were talking about more in, in the sense of like older people right like waiting till you're older after you retired and stuff like that mm. for for people like my age that you know with having young kids a lot of well, you know, friends and, and family that have young kids, they often hold off on traveling while their kids are really young because they're yeah. like, oh, that, you know, they're not going to, they're not going to remember it or they're not going to this or they're not going to that. Um, I would say don't, like, don't hold off. Like they may not remember, but you're going to have pictures, you're going to have video mm-hmm. and you will have those memories Yes, you know, of the things that they do. Like my son, when he was 26 months old, we were outside of the Louvre. Again, he didn't care about going inside and probably it's probably a good thing he didn't go inside or we actually went inside, but we were holding him because, you know, young children around like priceless statues, oh, yeah. <laughs> bad, bad combination, yeah. you know, but we're, we're sending outside and my wife went to go get food or, or to the restroom or something. And he was having the time of his life chasing after the pigeons out, outside of the Louvre, <laughs> like, cackling like a, like a wild man yeah. chasing after him. It was, it was the cutest thing. And I, and, you know, again, he will never remember that. Yeah. But I'll help, I'll hold that memory for the rest of my life. Yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a great point, and I'll definitely clip that and share that in the week because I think that's worth. I don't talk about that enough, actually. Family travel—it's just not really yeah. on my um, audience, but sure. And then, the, and then the other thing area, is this. And the other thing is this: is that like children learn; they create their normal based on whatever you teach them. Mm. So our kids, their normal is traveling. Their normal is yeah. we're hopping on a plane mm. this weekend and we're going to X Y Z city. And we're going to do a bunch of things and we're going to come home and you're going back to school on, on Monday. Yeah. Right. Like that's their normal. And, and because that's their normal, they are so well-behaved. I mean, occasionally they're kids. Right. And so they're going to have their instances where they, they have a bad, bad behaviors or whatever. But for the most part, like other adults comment, like we didn't even know you had kids like with you, you, because they just, they know what to do. Like this is, you're on a plane, you behave, you don't, yeah. you, don't yell, you don't scream. That's just what they do. Yeah. You know? And so put, put your, put like, give your, your kids more credit than what you give them for them being able to learn and to be able to adapt in those more adult situations. Yes. I think you can't, we can teach that worldly feeling, but I think that only comes from doing those things that are not just routine at home. Right. My friend here, he, uh, Luke, he has a, I think she must be eight now. Macy's seven or eight. And they're always like hiking in the, in the, the hills and mountains around, around Vancouver here and, yeah, he's got all these stories already. Eight, eight, like, yeah, we went to there this weekend, and we climbed this, and that's tough. And <laughs> I went to McDonald's after my walk, and <laughs> it's, it's amazing the, the amount of stuff they did together. It's, it's crazy. Oh, yeah. yeah, for sure. Okay, uh, next one. Talking about walks and treks. Do you have a favorite walk or trek that you've done on your travels? I don't know. We, like, we try to go on hikes whenever we can. Like, there's nothing that really stands out as far as like a specific hike. Mm. Uh, but one of like the Kind of like the more daring things we did was in Sydney. We actually climbed the Sydney Harbour Bridge. Oh, did you go on top? Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. So yeah. that was that was pretty amazing. That was, That's that awesome. was a lot of fun. That was a lot of fun. <laughs> Great views up there. Yeah. Um, you can have three here. Your three favorite countries. 
Okay. I, I would definitely say Australia. That's just because we've been there a few times and it's, it has yeah. a special place for us. Um, Mexico, we, we go there on a regular basis. Mm. Uh, and I would say that I would say Ireland, you know, okay. uh, like I said, on the trip that I took to, to London for the Del- Dolphins just came, we stopped in, in Dublin for a few days. Yeah. And it just, Dublin feels like just like a small town. Yeah. You know, it's like, you know, it's almost like you're like everybody's your neighbor, you know? Yeah. Um, that's, that's kind of the feeling that we got as we were walking around and everything. And then uh, I love going into the pubs and kind of just hanging out. And then also on, on top of that, we did a, we did a tour up to the giants causeway. Uh, and that awesome. blew my, that blew my mind. Not been, you know, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of explanations for a lot of natural phenomenon around the world, but how did the, how did all these rocks come out in the, almost the exact same shape? Yeah. almost the exact same size and they're stacked all over the place like that yeah. that is like there's no like rational explanation uh for that and it's just mm. that's just amazing it's a bit like stonehenge isn't it even stonehenge mm-hmm. right no one can well, really like work stonehenge, out like at least like stonehenge like you know they could probably figure out the mechanics of it right yes. it's just it's just a big ass rock sorry if i cussed uh but no, it's, no. Like, it, it's <laughs> it's just a big rock that people figured out how to like, stand yeah. straight up with on top right versus giant's causeway it's literally thousands upon thousands of these stones that are all basically the same size and shape mm. it's like how like how did that <laughs> happen so that that to me is, is absolutely crazy and it's, okay. it's amazing and um you know one of the reasons to, to love uh, to love ireland yeah there's many a reason absolutely so this might be the same answer actually i've got favorite landmark is next Oh, um, well, it's not really there. It's not there anymore, right? It's like the 9-11, uh, you know, um, the Twin Towers, mm. and then now their base. Yeah. And um, when I went on my way to London, I, I stopped in New York and was there for that uh, and, and saw, the, saw the, 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 the two footprints that they have for the buildings. Yeah. And I wasn't able to do it this time, but all the other times I've been to New York, um, I'd actually never been before the, the towers fell. And they actually had at, at a while while they were doing all the work there, they had um, a small museum. And one of the things you can do is book a tour and people that either had survived or people that had lost somebody during the, during the, the, the twin towers falling, um, they actually walk around and tell you their story. Yeah. Other and than that, and every time it is, it is really emotional and it's, mm. it's so impactful and, you know, obviously watching it on TV is, is very impactful mm. as well, but hearing their stories and every time I went, it was like somebody, somebody knew, you know, that had yeah. donated their time to be able to share the story of that day and uh, kind of keeping that memory alive of everybody that to me, that that's really cool. And I think that's something that if you go to New York or if you're in that area, like you should, you should go there and, and see if, about booking one of those type of tours just to, just to be able to kind of experience and hear firsthand knowledge and firsthand accounts of, of what happened that day. Yeah, very emotional. I think I had a firefighter and someone in one of the towers, some sort of manager of one of the officers who lost a few people there. And they talk yeah. about their different perspectives of what happened that day. But um, I got a little bit annoyed with people on, on that area because a lot of people take like selfies and pictures. I'm like, you don't need to take pictures and selfies. You just need to just walk around and respect the names yeah. in the um, the base and also oh, the sure. museum but yeah, yeah just like don't there's no point you get a photo in front of it it's a bit disrespectful i found anyway but um yeah 
Yeah. Definitely worth doing. Yeah. And if you go there, um, there's actually one tree, they call it the survivor tree. The mm. one tree that, that remained mm. uh, from all the stuff that fell. Yeah. And so uh, it's really not that big of a tree, and, but it's, it's really cool that, that it survived. And it's like, I guess it's kind of like a remembrance that whenever tragedy happens, you know, life springs anew and there, there is yes. some, some things that survive and there's some things that grow and flourish even when the worst of times happens. Yeah. And then you've got the Freedom Tower right next to it, which they just sprout right back up. Um, that's yeah. huge. It was under construction when I was there in 2014, yeah. but it was pretty much almost up and that's huge. Um, that's definitely worth looking at as well. Okay, this is a popular question. Um, of all the countries you've been to, what has been your favorite like cuisine or food? Well, of course, pizza over in Italy. Uh, yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. <laughs> I should have said yeah. apart from pizza. <laughs> yeah, no, that was that was that was really amazing. Um, I think also when we were there in Rome, uh, we were staying at the Waldorf. Uh, I, I found a, a really good deal on, on a room there. Mm-hmm. They have what like if you if you go to Rome try to see if you can find a deal at the Waldorf. They have this amazing buffet that is absolutely incredible. And they have uh, fresh honeycomb that, okay. you can, that you can eat. And I, yeah. I, I just thought that was wild being able to. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, it's pretty wild. Uh, if you were to live in another country, apart from the US, uh, where would you live full time? Um, hmm, I don't know. I, I've learned about so many different countries that there's, there's definitely a lot that kind of piqued my interest. You know, like I did an episode on, on Ecuador and oh, apparently like yeah. uh, Cuenca, Ecuador. And apparently it's like, it's so, so high up in the, in the mountains where it's literally like between 70 to 80 degrees, you know, every day. Mm-hmm. And it's just perfect weather. You don't have to worry about air conditioning or anything like that. <laughs> it's a, it's a, a nice little expat place. Yeah. Um, but it, I, I think that would work well for me because doing what I do, I can, I can work anywhere remotely and yeah. everything else like that. But my wife, you know, would probably want a bigger city where she can, she, she's an HR, you know, and she'd yeah. want to be able to fulfill her career and everything. Um, we've always talked about, you know, possibly living in, in somewhere in Europe. Mm-hmm. Um, I think my, my, again, the frugal part of me is worrying about like the, how much you'd be paying in taxes, you know? Okay. Um, but I think part of it also is that Americans have the, the, the point of view that, oh, it's high taxes, but we forget about all the things that we pay for. We pay you yeah, know, yeah. All, all the sales tax. We pay, yeah. uh, we, we have to take money out of our, our paychecks for medical care and dental care and vision care. And, mm. and on top of that, when we go to the doctor, then we have co-pays and, yeah, no, and all these yeah. other things. Like that, and right? sort of stuff, yeah. Whereas from what I understand, like in, in UK and some of the other countries, it's the privatized medicine where you don't have to worry about all those different expenses. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, yeah, there's higher taxes, but you, maybe you're, you're net kind of in the same spot. And so, yeah. And it's a, it's an interesting point. It's probably from another podcast, but for example, Denmark, quite high taxes, but don't forget that covers free. You get free university education. There's free, there's no extra cost in medical. You just go to hospital, we get medication. There's no cost. And the standard living there is they're always happy country. They're always like one of the top three happiest in the world. And yeah. there's obviously something right there, right? There's not <laughs> anything going on that's pretty bad. Um, yeah. And they get paid decent to cover that, you know, like um, it's a strange thing. That, like I, I don't want to go into like the medical politics, but it's crazy that US has this weird system that you just have to, it's crazy to me to think that you have to pay for your ambulance, that if you get ill, then you have to pay for your medical, you have to claim on insurance and all this stuff where UK, you just, if you're, if you're ill, 
the ambulance picks you up, takes you to the hospital, you get better and go home. There's no admin or cost involved. Yeah. <laughs> well, out taxes. And, well, think of it this way also, just like in, in the US, and well, then we can move on, is that every state basically has a different medical plan. Yes, so like, yes. Like if you have like a Blue Cross or Anthem or like any of those type of things, it's for that state. Mm-hmm. And then if you if you go out of network to a different state, you may or may not get covered. And so it's it's even it's even more wild than what you suspect. Oh wow, I didn't realize that was uh yeah state to state in terms of oh bloody hell. I've got two questions left. Yep. Um penultimate question is what country do you think is the best value for money that you've seen where your your dollar takes you the furthest? For me, because most of my money, most of the cost is the, the airline and hotels is paid for with the miles and points. Yes. And it just, you know. I just look at it as the food is what it is. And I don't, I don't really worry about it too much because I know that the, the overall vacation costs have been, been mostly covered. Yeah. Uh, and I think by approaching it the way I do with the miles and points, a lot of times the average person, if they're paying cash for everything and they come across a, a really unique experience or something that is just such a good uh, like restaurant or whatever that they're going to hate themselves for not like partic- partaking in that restaurant. By using the miles and points, it's we didn't spend that much to get there, and so you can yeah, yeah. you can take advantage of those unique experiences without worrying about it like breaking your budget, so to speak, right? Mm-hmm. And so, like for example, my buddy and I we went to Germany to pick up a, a Mercedes from the factory because he worked for the Mercedes dealership. Yeah, and so we we flew to we flew to Frankfurt, picked up the car, drove around Germany a little bit, went up to uh, Amsterdam, and then back down through Brussels. To Paris. And so my deal was, I said, look, I got the flights and the hotels, you cover the food and, you know, whatever else we do, mm-hmm. you know, and gas for the car. And so it was a good deal for both of us. And he's, he's like a super foodie and he, he loves all the food. He actually got us a reservation at La, La Tour d'Argent. It's okay. a, like a, a, I don't know, I think a two or three star Michelin restaurant. Yeah. Uh, over the, like just across the banks of the river, uh, the Seine River from the Church of Notre Dame, oh, and so okay. we were ha- we had a, a seat that overlooking the Seine, overlooking the Notre Dame, and everything like that. And wow. it was, we had like six different courses of duck, and they, <laughs> yeah. and they brought out this w- book of wine. Um, I I was the only one that drinks, and he doesn't drink, so I was respectful and didn't get anything there from. But I, it was literally like six inches thick. Uh, of all the different wines that they have mm-hmm. on their list and everything like that. So it was just such a truly unique experience. And if we had paid cash for everything and, and it was doing it that way, you wouldn't have splurged or it would have been tougher, a tougher choice to be able to splurge on such an extravagant meal. Yeah. hundred percent. But because we did miles of points, it made it so much easier to be able to do that. And, you know, we'll, we'll talk about that meal the rest of our life. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Okay. And final question is, um, some people listen to this podcast maybe are thinking of going away, whether that's mm-hmm. either that gap year trip or just even to a country that's outside the comfort zone. So maybe a non-English speaking country. What few senses can you give them in terms of wisdom to try and make them take that extra leap to go traveling? What can you advise those guys to do or why they should okay. go? I don't know. To me, it's an easy, it's an easy choice. Just go. Uh, <laughs> that's fine. For, I've had it a few times. <laughs> but for but for people that that need a little bit more convincing and stuff like that, I like anything the, anything that you do in the world. The first time you do it, it's a little bit tough, right? It's a little bit of a challenge. You mm-hmm. you're trying to figure figure it all out, 
Um, sometimes you may just need to take smaller trips to, to kind of acclimate yourself and realize, hey, nothing bad's going to happen. Uh, you know, and to get a little comfortable with the flight, get a little comfortable with, uh, you know, the, 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 the journey. I mean, you can even go into like different parts of your town, some parts of town, you know, they have like a, a Chinatown or mm. like, a, like a little enclave of people that speak certain languages, just go out of your comfort zone and just walk there and like walk into one of the shops or whatever. And you're going to walk in and you're going to realize, look, they're going to welcome you just the same whether you, you speak the language or not, uh, they, they want your money. <laughs> they want to be able to sell you something. They, they want to give you the food or, or you buy the trinket or whatever. And, you know, sometimes it, you just have to take little baby steps like that to get comfortable, comfortable enough to be able to kind of take the, one of those bigger trips that maybe you're gone, be gone for a week or two or, or even more, you know, so do small, do small steps. Realize that it's not a, it's not as big as you're making it in your head. Mm-hmm. And so that way it's a little bit more comfortable for you to do it or, you know, find a buddy, you know, and, and, and bring yes. a buddy with you, you know, uh, everything's easier when you have somebody with you. Lee, thank you so much for coming on. It's been a pleasure. It's a great way to end on that because, um, I like to sort of give that last words of encouragement for people to make that leap. Um, yeah. So thanks for your wisdom and also your, knowledge and stuff about travel and also your podcast and i will be sharing plenty of clips of this episode in january but i'll uh i'll let you guys know sounds good thanks james yeah thanks lee appreciate it thank you for listening to my winging it travel podcast episode today you can find me on instagram at james hammond travel or winging it travel podcast you can search for both i release weekly clips of this podcast episode as well as photos from the last 8-10 to years of my travels. You can also find this podcast episode on YouTube. Please search for Winging It Travel Podcast and you can follow and subscribe today. It will either be the video of the podcast or there will be some still pictures to accompany the audio. You can also follow me on TikTok, Facebook and Pinterest by searching Winging It Travel Podcast. I do release daily content to do with travel and the podcast throughout the week. Also check out my website jameshammond.org There's content about myself, my travels and there's also a newsletter sign up as well as a contact form Finally please rate and review the podcast on Podchaser This is my platform of choice Alternatively you can rate this on Apple or wherever you get your podcasts from This really helps the podcast gain a bit of traction for the future in terms of guests and content And I'm glad to see that you guys are listening out there, reviewing it and enjoying the content so far. Stay safe, stay humble, keep listening, keep traveling and I'll catch you soon. Cheers, James.